Palmer Alexander for the Inner Zone Network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, of beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294, 314-343-0294, and a thank you for your business. Hi. Hey, this is Ashley Wright of the Sports with Ashley podcast. If you're a fan of the In the Zone network like me, you need to get your hands on some network gear from our online store. We got t-shirts, hoodies, bags, towels, and more. It's all here for you, our In the Zone fan. So get your hands on the latest gear at the In the Zone network online store. Remember, your order is 100% backed by Teespring Satisfaction Guarantee. Go online today at teespring.com slash in-the-zone-network. Hey family, you have Cassandra Hunt here with She Hunt Media. I want to tell you a little bit about the Hunts Foundation, second annual back to school drive. It will be hosted at Mark Twain School, 5316 Ruskin Avenue, 63115 on August 22nd from 1 to 4. It will be book bags, school supplies, and you're also able to drive up or walk up due to COVID. You can leave donations at www.huntsfoundation.org or you can give us a call to get more information at 314-441-3328. Be safe. City to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to the In The Zone Network. The following program does contain language that some might find objectionable. Parental discretion is advised. Hey everybody, this is Ashley Wright from Sports With Ashley, and you are listening to The Price Check. Welcome to... Another episode of the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Of course, the show is brought to you by the In The Zone Network uh, and the In The Zone Store, teespring.com. Joined by my man, Arlington A-Train Lane, in the studio today. A happy day for my man, man, the A-Train. Yes! If you're a Bulls fan, you should rejoice! (laughs) So look, usually, usually we try to start the show with a secure the bag. (laughs) <laughs> Today we'll be starting the uh, the show with two bags that have been unsecured. <laughs> my man, well, not my man. I don't know him personally. He wasn't uh, somebody I was a fan of. Jim Boylan fired Chicago, thirty nine and eighty four record as a head coach in two seasons. Yeah, and he, he wasn't cutting it, man. Like nah. And Bulls players have voiced their opinions on uh, Mr. Boylan. And, and to clarify for the listeners out there, not just Bulls players. Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. Basically, in the entire nucleus of this young <laughs> team said that, yeah, he's not coaching us right. We need somebody new. So much for being modest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not, we not going to sugarcoat it for good old No sugarcoating here today. They had to get Jim up out the paint. Yeah, man. I'm like, I'm sorry. All right, 
I'm starting to, I think he's probably the only one that doesn't have success out of the pop uh, coaching tree. The only one, he's the only one that comes to mind. I know I jumped the gun, but still. No, I mean, and that's fine. We Look. It's the price check. It's the price check. We do what we want, baby. Yeah! We do what we want. But yeah, Jim Boylan, out of there. Um, as a Bulls fan, sir. Okay. Who do you want to see as the next Bulls head coach? Mark Jackson. Get him there. Now. I'm tired of hearing all of the mess about that he uh, wasn't a yes man, you know, that he did his own thing. He's being blackballed by the NBA. Get him back as a coach. Make the Bulls great again. Hire Mark Jackson. Yes. <laughs> um, the only the only I think the only option that they might have only other option that they might have, which is which would be a very bulls hire, is Kenny Atkins. Yes, unfortunately. It would be a very bulls hire. <laughs> Knowing how Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this new regime with this new front office that those three men can work together mm-hmm. and not have any issues as frugal as Jerry is. Yeah. Come on, man, work with them. They're here to help bring you a winner back, you know, because you're a top three NBA market. You're yes. a top three TV market. There is no freaking way you should be this bad. Bulls' last playoff appearance was, God, it feels like ages. I don't think it was that long ago. But I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say it probably feels longer ago than what it was. What, 2015, I want to say? Let yeah, me... I was going to say 2014, 2015, maybe? I know 15 was the time when um, Derek hit that great shot against uh, Cleveland. Oh, yeah, and they thought they were going somewhere. Yeah, they were back on to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Yeah, big things, huh? we all know what happened then. Our last uh, appearance was 17. They lost to the Celtics. 17? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was so much longer ago than that. I was gonna say, yeah, like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. The, the last three seasons, they haven't even they hadn't even scratched thirty wins. You know what though? I am completely erasing like the Jimmy Butler and the Butlerette years. Yeah, and that's that's why I forgot about it being twenty seventeen because that was the year they had like him, Rondo, and D Wade, right? Yeah, right before he got traded to Minnesota. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fred Hoiberg, another failed Bulls coach. Tim Fred, Floyd of the 2000s. You know what? You know, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Fred had a mix of Vinny Del Negro and Tim Floyd in his tenure with Chicago. Vinny had some success. Fred had a little bit too. But my thing is, it's just so similar to the both yeah, of them. It was it's bad. Tim because uh, Tim Floyd because of the Iowa State connection. Vinny, because of his laid-back mentality, right. he, wasn't, he wasn't pushing. And then when he started to push, they wasn't buying it. So it was too late. The damage was done, man. And so, I, you know, I did put – I gave a lot of high hopes for Fred, but Fred just wasn't the guy he deserves to be in college. Yeah, Fred uh, – He ain't Brad Stevens. <laughs> but I think that was gifted to him. Yeah, I don't – so Brad Stevens kind of – wasn't a better situation you could really walk into from college to the NBA than going from Butler to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. That's the ultimate upgrade. Not only do I get to go to the league, I get to go to one of the glamour. The team with the most championships in league history? Correct. 
Come on now. That could be tied by uh, <laughs> your boys. On it, waiting on it. We'll get to them a little bit later. We'll get to them a little bit later. They, look, they've been stinking it up a little bit in this bubble. So. You know what? Here's the thing that I will say to that, and we'll move forward, is that I think a lot of Laker fans need to just chill out. Well, so – I, and I'm gonna address this when we when we get to talking about them. But yeah, I don't. I'm not overly concerned. I mean, yeah. they. If we being honest, what if they had to play for after that Clippers game? Really, nothing. You had the number one seed pretty much locked up. Clippers didn't play as great as they were supposed to anyway. So it just made life easier for the Lakers. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about the Lakers here in a second. But on to uh, the second person who is without a job today, Vladi Divac. His circumstance is slightly different since he chose to step down, which might just be a uh, one of those, uh, you know, corporate, how they tell you, you know, look, you can either resign or we could fire you. I would have told him to fire me because they didn't give me some unemployment checks. <laughs> look, <laughs> hey, you know, look, them unemployment benefits getting cut down. Or <laughs> you better give me that severance package. You know what I'm saying, dude? Give me a buyout, man. Give me the college hey, coach treatment. Let's get the severance package, dog, and you can sit there and just pay me for the next – Six months to a year, or however many months that they do. I know when I was working in radio, man, and I got a severance package, it lasted me all of three months. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was bad, dude. It, yeah. was, a, it was a rough time. It was well, a rough time. Well, hopefully Vladi gets a better severance package than that. Uh, step down today. We know Vladi ain't been a good GM. Let's keep it a buck. You know, the more I be hearing about different players, you know, now moving into, you know, players of the 80s and the 90s, moving up to more executive roles and coaching positions. It's just, it just is crazy to me, yeah. you know, but then you get, then we had remember guys like Lawrence Frank, we know who the hell he was, right? you know, uh, you get Kenny Atkinson. I, honestly, I ain't know who he was. I th- no idea. I'm, I'm going to sit here and, and not front with you. I thought he was black. Hey, so I heard, can't front. I heard Bomani Jones say the exact same thing. <laughs> and the difference is, or the, the key to it is, most white dudes not referring to them. Like, white Kenneth is not typically referring to himself as Kenny. And Atkinson don't even sound like it's not a black name. I thought it was a, I thought it was a brother. I thought it was a brother, too. I thought it was a brother. Boy, it blew me away. You know but here we go. Here we are. Because we, I also, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or not or to you, but I also had a similar dilemma when I realized a few years back when Fred Van Vliet and Ron Baker were um, <laughs> at Wichita State. Yes. I, so, very first time I saw pictures of them, I saw them both together on ESPN. Yes. But I saw the front of their jerseys. I did not see the back. Correct. If you would have told me that Ron Baker was the white dude, I'd have had that wrong. <laughs> I had that wrong. <laughs> that wouldn't have been my guess. Fred Land Fleet, man. I'm like, what? Yeah. You a brother? Yeah, that, that threw me for a loop. But um, Vladi, you know, he didn't do the greatest job in Sacramento. And what's crazy to me, and I don't know if this is just a thing that certain players are blessed with, certain players are not. But for a dude like Vladi, who was a role player on some really good teams in his career, how do you not have a better eye for talent than what he did? Well, I guess from a certain standpoint, because Joe Dumars is another guy, but it's funny 
Yeah. With him, when it came to drafting, he had some interesting picks. Well, I mean, Joe Dumars has the interesting of all interesting picks in taking Darko over Carmelo and D-Wade. And won a title! And still, yeah, and still got a ring. Somehow, some way. It's crazy how history works, right? Vladi then messed around and went out here and took Marvin Bagley in the draft. Where Now, let, we also have to be a little bit fair to Vladi. He wasn't going to take, like, Trey Young. He had De'Aaron Fox. He did also have the number two pick. It wasn't like he had the number one pick and blew it. Usually that number two spot is a little iffy as it is. Shaky, yeah. Uh, but you took Bagley over Luka. Well, here's the thing, though. You didn't know that Luka was going to be what well, so, Luka is. So, yes and no. Here's the thing. And I, I, I promise to God, both hands up in the air right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. True statement. I said going into that draft, there is no way you can sit here and say to me, that an 18-year-old who is the MVP of what is supposed to be, like, a top basketball league in the world, like the NBA is here, the league that he was in is, like, basically supposed to be the second-best league in the world. He's 18 years old, and he's the MVP of the league? What are we talking about? (laughs) What are we talking about? Yes, I know he's playing against inferior competition, but are y'all telling me the the trash that we watch in NCAA college basketball is better than – the competition he was going against, not to mention he's playing closer to what an NBA schedule would look like. They need they needed somebody at least tall. You know what I'm saying? I know they needed a scorer, and they thought Ma- Marvin Bagley would be that guy because when he was playing at Duke, he was smashing. You know, right. smashing on cats, man. But I'm just saying, I still think you should give Marvin another chance. And I'm not I'm not writing off Marvin completely by any means. Mm-hmm. But one, the best ability typically is availability. He ain't been available. He been hurt. Mm-hmm. Second, if we look at, we just saw the graphic of that top five of that draft class: DeAndre Ayton one, Marvin Bagley two, Luca three, three. Jaron Jackson Jr. four, four Trey Young five. Yep. He's the only one out of them that isn't producing. And that that looks looks and feels a lot worse then the circumstances would make you understand. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, them the results, baby, you got – like, you what are we supposed in, to do? You ain't, it seemed like you ain't putting in the work. So, I, I mean – DeAndre Aiden was literally a point away from getting into his first playoff. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and DeAndre Aiden, like, granted, he looked bad in some games when he – you know, his rookie year and earlier this year. But since he came back from the PED suspension – I guess they ain't out of the system yet. <laughs> he's been balling, man. Like he looked, he has looked good in the games that he's played since he's come back from that suspension. And again, Marvin Bagley, the only one out of those five that isn't at the level that the other four are. Yeah, and you got at some point you have to answer for that because Luca's already looking like MVP status. Luca, Luca is looking like if you give him two to three more years, he might be the best player in the league. I I take that bet. Yeah, you know it. I and, I and no disrespect to Giannis, you know that Giannis is trying to develop. The problem is Giannis has a terrible outside game. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. terrible, terrible, terrible. No, all right. Let me switch that. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, Luca already got it. 
And and to think again, Luca is what twenty twenty one. Yep. Giannis is already in his mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Like, like I saw, y'all want the Larry Bird, you gonna get it. What I seen out of Luca, especially against Milwaukee, I think that was last week. Yep. Like he shouldn't. He should not be that comfortable and that skilled as a twenty one year old player in the NBA. It just shouldn't be that way this soon. To make dimes the way that he did, I'm not saying that, you know, that it, it's a 21-year-old and you're giving him that much space. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and he has range from anywhere on the floor. I'm, I'm saying, I ain't saying he dame, but my man got some skill sets where he could – He's definitely an impact player the minute he walks on the floor. Yeah, like there's no like Dallas literally went from not knowing what their future was going to be without Dirk to having the next coming of Dirk for their franchise. Bingo, that's, just like that. That's like that. And look at the Kings <laughs> missing missing the playoffs yet again. <laughs> yet again, they can't they can't catch a break, man. Can't catch a break. And and the problem isn't talent because they again they have some talent on that roster. De'Aaron Fox is good. Marvin when he's healthy. It's good. Bogdanovich, good. Buddy Hill, good. Y'all probably paid him too soon, but good. Somebody got to answer for that. It's funny that him and Anthony Davis are the same age, and Anthony been pulling more years. No, he older than Anthony Davis. Buddy Hill, yeah. Oh, yes, Buddy Hill is older than Anthony Davis. And Anthony pulled in more years. That's crazy. Hey, maybe, Maybe one day the Kings will get it together. Maybe I'm hoping, one. man. Like, I, I would love to see the days of Weber, Bibby, and Vladi. You know what I'm saying? When they was on – and Peja. Oh, man, do you remember them days? Uh, do, look, do I remember? I was sweating them days out because <laughs> I, was, I was on the other side of those games. Still. My rooting interests were on the opposite end of that. Still were pissed off about – So I can tell you right now, like – Second by second, what I was doing the day Robert Ory hit that shot in game four. In game four, me too. I can tell you what happened against the Lakers. I'm sitting in my basement, my mother's basement at the time, sitting in the basement watching the game, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we can't lose to the Kings, not the Kings, <laughs> anybody they, but the Kings." They lost. They had a three-one. We'd have been down three-one. Yep. Now, me being the naive child that I was, you know what? Look, we can face anything, but we can't lose this game. <laughs> and sure enough, because at that time, I knew Shaq to be the most unstoppable force in sports, let alone basketball, like sports. Mm-hmm. I see him miss that layup at the rim. I say, oh, my God. I see the ball get tipped out. Oh, my gosh. And it just it finds its way into the hands of Robert Ory. The shot goes up. The buzzer go off. And goes the through the net. Boom. And I'm I'm jumping up and down like I'm Michael Jordan shooting a shot over. Crazy. I never I never forget where I was at. We had just graduated high school, and we have the project graduation. That event where you know everybody meet up and we do stay up all night and have fun and whatnot. We in the gym of a YMCA, Emerson YMCA. Shout out to them. Yeah. Watching the game. All my buddies, all high school friends, we sitting there watching this game. As the ball is bouncing around, and I blame to this day, Vladi Divac for not sealing that rebound because all he liked to do was pat the ball out. Yep. Instead of grabbing the ball 
He pats it out, and it goes right into the hands of Robert Horry. I was like, the minute he got the ball, I knew it was going in. I didn't even have to. I'm sitting there. No. See, as much confidence as I had in Robert Orr at the time, I, I, I had to believe it when I seen it. Big shot Bob. He was making that shot. Look, he had four titles already at this point. And I feel like the Kings ain't been the same since. They haven't. They really haven't. Haven't been the same since. At, and since all, be, all because of the man that's now stepped down as the GM. I blame him. Like, for real. I blamed him for that series. I'm not going to blame Tim Donahue, you know what I'm saying? You know, even though we found out that he was on some BS with that series. <laughs> Tim Donahue was wild. Damn, for real. But that that series could have been over had Vladi secured the rebound instead of tapping it back out. Well, tough break, Vladi. Better luck to you and uh, whatever your next job happens to be. No more. I, Stay away. Look, Retire, enjoy life, get your service package. Stay away from the NBA. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. But I bet Mike better not look over at you talking about, can you want to come over in Charlotte and work as the president? I mean. Nope. Wouldn't put it past Mike. Nope. Wouldn't put it past Mike. He did go hire Mitch Kupchak. He also hired Steve Clifford. <sighs> he hired Doug Collins, which is a, a personal friend, you know, and they wanted to get Kwame Brown. This is under his leadership. Yeah, that's why. And, he, and you gave and you gave up your franchise player and Kimba Walker. Are you serious? And you went out and decided. What's my dude's name that's playing over there now with that weird ass jump shot? Oh, um, uh, Michael Kidd Gil- Gilchrist. Oh no, they released him. About time. He uh, he happens to play for the Dallas Mavericks now. No, no, but you still went and got him. Oh. Yeah, so and drafted him. He drafted him, and who did he draft him over? Bradley Beal. Oh man, that's not. And look, we we would have to dedicate an Saint entire. Lewis. We would have to dedicate an entire podcast to Bradley Beal <laughs> to to the mishaps of Michael Jordan as owner. And then we got to do one for the St. Louis Ballers, man. Yeah, we do. We do need it. If Jason Tatum or Bradley Beal happens to listen to this, we need a an all St. Louis. Ben McLemore, too? Ben McLemore, yes, because, of course, people like to think that he just popped out of Oak Hill and went to Kansas. No, sir. Wellston. Wellston, bro. <laughs> Wellston. Better recognize. But on to the winners, or, or so to speak, <laughs> the teams that are still playing. Enough of the, the Bulls and uh, the Kings here. Yeah. Messes. Bubble basketball, man. Um. First, before we before we do any you know recapping and all that, big round of applause and big shout out to the NBA as a whole. Yeah. Um, one, we had another round of COVID tests with zero positive tests. Oh man. Um, apparently, their administration knows how to uh, <laughs> get the coronavirus right. Can't say that for all. Um, you talking got, to you, Major League Baseball? Look, don't don't get me started. And it, it part. Actually, not even part. The majority of the problem lies here in St. Louis. But, again, another another topic for another podcast. Oh, the irony. The, the irony, irony. Yeah, the irony. Um, they also, like, I think it was a total of 88 seeding games. I can't tell you how many of those games. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's only a handful that were, like, either blowouts or just completely unwatchable. Like, every game has given us good basketball. And it scares me. You know what I'm what I mean by that? It scares me because 
that worked and that means that could happen again if they wanted to if they choose to do that that option is there yeah that's what scares me now part of me does feel like they might have to at least start next season in a bubble like situation that's what i'm saying dude like um as much as i wasn't a fan of the virtual fans it worked yeah you know and um the way that they were able to correlate everything where um from the broadcasters to the analysts to the sideline reporters. It was a terrific job by both Turner and Disney. I mean, just, yeah, great job by everybody involved in making sure that this not only was able to, you know, go off, but from what it looks like right now is going to go off and be able to finish in the manner that they thought they would. So, um, Same with the WNBA, man. Yeah, WNBA is rolling down at IMG, man. So, yeah. um, and they've had some great games too. For those of y'all listening that haven't been able to catch some of those WNBA games so far, those have been very, very entertaining. So, hey, like I was watching a few Washington Mystics games, man, and I see, you know, they were the champs last year, and yep. but you see an up and down season with them this go round. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy, like to just see, you know, it, it was crazy to see it with the NBA just the the drastic difference with how some of these teams looked from when things stopped in March till now. Um, you had the WNBA who was already, you know, in their off season, mm-hmm. um, and just the difference between the teams coming into their bubble versus how they looked to end, you know, last season. So, man, um, it looked like they is playing an AAU tournament. That's that's really what it is. That's really what it is. It's a big AAU tournament. Oh my God. This is a really huge tournament, man. Um, now, the MVP of the tournament so far, Damian Lillard. Yeah. We said it last show. Said it for a while now. It's a bad boy. And last three games, 51 points, 61 points, and 42 points. My man pulled up from the logo. Pull, and, and pulled up knowing he was going to hit it. Do you know? Have you? Uh, did you watch Inside the NBA? I did. And, and did they you see ran that segment? Back, yeah, they ran back the segment with Damian Lillard when he joined Ernie Johnson. Um, I'm assuming that was on this podcast. Podcast um, or one of the NBA no, together. It was the together yeah, NBA together segments. NBA together segments. Um, and Dame said he felt like he had logo range, like half court. Like, and sure enough, pulled up. He said, "I told Terry, I'm pulling up from there if need be, man." Just you know, you've been warned. <laughs> yes. just, he warned him, and then the whole debacle with him, Pat Beverly, and Paul George. Let's please let's speak on it. Let me tell you something. Dame had the ultimate comeback for them when he did the the presser, and he said, "I put Pat Bev out, and I put Paul George out just last season. We ain't forgot. Ain't nobody forgot the receipts." You know what I'm saying? Like, and he said to them that y'all not going, Paul George said on IG to him that y'all not going going anywhere. You're going to be gone from, you ain't even going to make the first round. I said, bro, right now, you need to worry about that Clippers. If you're trying to get a Lakers-Clipper matchup, you need to worry about that seven seed. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you. You have a question. Do you know how many times Paul George has gotten out of the first round since he's been on teams in the Western Conference? Zero. Ding, ding, ding. 
You are a winner. <laughs> <laughs> you are a winner. Zero. So, Paul George, let's start there. He can't be the one helping lead the trash talk about people getting put out the playoffs and all that. Because if we're keeping it honest, Paul George and the Pacers were the direct beneficiary of having no Derrick Rose in the East when he went down. I guess that was what, twenty starting in 2011? Yeah, 2011-2012. So, problem number one for Paul George. Yeah. Problem number two for Paul George, we have seen you literally, like, disappear in stretches of games when it matters the most. Just like that guy in Houston. But no comment there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him, too. Mm-hmm. Now, Pat Bev, I – I'm not gonna come at quite as hard because we know who Pat Be- Pat Bev is. He's a gnat. He's a he's an irritant. Like that's his job. That's what that's. And are. it was also very funny when he when Damian Lillard missed those free throws lie. and he tapped his wrist oh, and said, "Damn, I, that, I couldn't lie." That was if funny. It, if it was a trash joke, I'd have let him have it. But that was amazing. Yeah, it that was, was amazing. It was great, hilarious. Great dog. timing, all of that. <laughs> Somebody he was hurting stuff. I don't think he cared at that moment. No, you know Pat Bev gonna talk his trash. Yeah. But, again, like you said, Damian Lillard with the perfect comeback. And he also said, look, y'all probably expected me to make them shots, so that's why y'all talking right now. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, is probably the case. That's why you was watching. Because if, if you didn't care, you wouldn't you wouldn't care for it. You wouldn't have said anything. Uh, but what Dame is doing right now, man, is just is flat out amazing. Like, he's literally just putting his team on, on his back and literally trying to will them into the playoffs. What I saw on the last game that they played uh, against Brooklyn – I saw a team, other than Dane, that was totally gassed. They They, are. They looked gassed. But all eight of these games have been like the equivalent of a game seven for them. Yep. Every game is basically an elimination game in a sense because you have to make sure you're not losing ground on the eighth seed and you're also not allowing any of the other teams fighting for that eighth seed to get past you. Um, that's what kind of pissed me off with Memphis, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Memphis here in a second because, of course, that's the team that Portland now has to play in this play-in game, which, again, another thing that the NBA got right. Only slight issue is they should have opened it opened up the door for, I guess, more quote-unquote play-in games. And, and what I mean by that is we saw Phoenix, which big shout-out to the Suns. Yes. Big, big shout-out to the Suns. Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, all the you know the guys that they had out in Orlando Rubio. going under, going undefeated in the bubble. Aiden no, didn't make the playoffs. I, I'm typically one person that is here for all the Suns trash talk, but I got to take my hat off to them. Yeah, I, I saw the BS on Twitter about how they didn't play nobody, and but they they was there for a reason. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yeah, they gave themselves a shot at the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. they, again, it, y'all can run the tapes back on me. I've said it numerous times and I didn't think they were supposed to be there. I don't think Oklahoma City was supposed to be there either, especially where they're at now. Oklahoma City wasn't supposed to be there. Um, they supposed to be down there where the Suns are. The Suns are supposed to be uh, up there. or some The Spurs was supposed to be up yeah, there. Yeah, like coming into the season, I definitely thought OKC was going to be the lottery team and you was going to have like, you know, whether it's Portland, Spurs, somebody in, in that, you know, that other spot in the West. And again. Reversal of fortune. They made it happen. But, you know, Phoenix, hell of a bubble run that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, they 
look like they have a very competent rotation. And they have a great coach. Yeah, Monty Williams. Shout out again. Shout out, man. Like and he said it himself, we're not the 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 old the sons of old. And and at this point they You have garnered the respect yeah. of the NBA. And forget what Draymond said. Sign Devin Booker. Because I really do believe Phoenix got a shot if you keep him there. Oh, yeah. And that nucleus that they got, come on, man. As long as DeAndre Aiden stays healthy, Ricky Rubio still playing at a good pace, and Devin still being Devin, I really do think Phoenix will have a shot. They just need a vet or two yeah. to kind of help push them. They got some playoff experience to help will them because that's what Chris Paul is doing right now. In Oklahoma City. Yeah, you get some veterans on that team, which, I mean, they have some, but you get, like, vets that can kind of fill the holes that they have. Yep. And mind you, they made this run with no Kelly Oubre. Yep. So, I think they really are going to be a team that could turn some heads over the next, you know, couple years, especially with the young talent that they have in Booker and Aiden. So, Man, that's that's a nice tandem. Yeah, and that's something you can definitely, you know, build a future around. So, for those of y'all just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast here brought to you by the In The Zone Network. Um, Portland and Memphis, we got ourselves a play-in game. Mm-hmm. Memphis found a way to fall from eighth to ninth to where they now have to win – not only the game on Saturday, but would also have to win a second game on Sunday in order to reclaim the eighth spot. Portland just has to win one. I'm pretty confident in saying that Portland's probably going to pull this off. Yes. I've been seeing pretty much the last week or so, oh, if Portland gets in, they're going to beat the Lakers or – they don't. The Lakers don't want to see Dane. Not so fast, my friend. Yes, please lead Corso, everybody. Yeah, not so fast, my friend. What y'all have to understand, and, and you alluded to it already, mm-hmm. they're gassed. We we can say what we want about the Lakers struggling and all that in, in times with the offense, this, this, and that. When it comes to playoff series and you have to see one team for seven games – I, I understand Dane been going off, but he's not going to average 54 series. And if he does, it's probably going to be in a losing effort. I think I think if he does score a bunch of points, but you have to remember the other four members that's on there with him have to score. And then you got C.J. McCollum playing with a fractured back. How, how is that happening? Like, And you out there – Still moving, and then you got to move again. Come to uh, Saturday, and then you, if you get if you get past that, then you got to do it again Monday, bro. It's, you yeah. ain't gonna be no good, no. So I put it past Laker fans. I'm telling you this flat out, and I'm not a Laker fan myself. You ain't got nothing to worry about. And, and even even with that, let's say Dame is going off. Is Dame supposed to be the one that's guarding LeBron and AD? I, I don't see any. I don't see how Zach Collins or Yurkic contain any of them so it's going to be difficult you're going to have to play uh ridiculous defense and you know when mellows on the floor it's four on five <laughs> Dude, case in case in point you saw what happened again the, the game against brooklyn uh lebert was taking it to the cup oh my gosh 
What does Melo do? He swipes at the ball. He wasn't stepping in front of that. No, sir. Defense? No. Defense? Y'all, y'all seen my moves before. It's not happening. Defense? No. I don't care if you call me Slim Melo. I still ain't moving on defense. No. Not a chance. So, uh, I don't I don't see that in the cards for Portland. Definitely don't see it for Memphis. So, uh, you know. Is Sweep is for Memphis. <laughs> it yeah. might be. Uh, if uh, Portland does, I say the most six games. Yeah, it, it's at most six. There'll probably be fun games to watch for however long the series goes. And I hope they're close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, granted, you know, again, Lakers fan obviously want to see the Lakers win, but I think what, judging by the struggles that I've taken note of for the Lakers, a series like having to see the Blazers in round one would kind of sharpen – their swords the way they need to be sharpened going into the rest of the playoffs. Especially when you had to face off against a Houston Rocket team or Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. <laughs> and which should be another good series, an easy series for them because Rocket's going to play small. Yep. And the Thunder is young other than Steven Adams and uh, Chris Paul. You know, you got young guys that haven't had that kind of experience. Granted, you'll get – you'll try to work in the, into their minds that they can do it, you know. But if we look at it on paper, it should be another easy series for the Lakers. So, the Clippers need to do their job. Yeah. So, we can get that one-two matchup that we've been waiting for. Yeah. Paul George, make it happen. Yeah. Stop talking <laughs> Stop talking mess to – uh, stop talking mess to uh, Damian Lillard. And handle your business. Same with Pat Bev, so we can get that real one-two matchup. I mean, I'm pushing. I love. I love Portland, man, but they ain't there. No, it's not. It's not happening. I'm not. I'm not seeing it in the cards for them. So, um, before we move on into like a full playoff preview, last question about Bubble. Mm-hmm. What happened to the Pelicans? This was all set up for them. This was supposed to be Zion. Bad coaching. Coming out party, we're gonna make the playoffs, make this run, this and that, Lakers and Pelicans first. Nope. Bad coaching. Nope. Gentry off- is not the guy for that job. I see, I wanna believe that he is, but I don't think so. I think that especially with you had, you know, Zion coming back out of shape again. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't play him. <laughs> what was the point? Like what was the point of even having him available? And then you have this story that came out this week about Lonzo basically being checked out the entire time. Which, now part of that could just be on Lonzo, but at the same time, you're supposed to try to get the most out of your players. And especially in that environment, it's not like y'all can really do much outside of think and play basketball. Like That first game pretty much said what the Pelicans were going to be about. Yeah. And when they lost, I don't blame Lonzo for checking out. If that's where it came from, because that first game, that was your coming out party to say, we're here. And when you didn't show up, when you supposed to, over with. that was it. Over with. You was done. You was fried green tomatoes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, we talked about the Lakers and, you know, their potential opponent either being, you know, Blazers or Grizzlies. Probably going to be a quick series. Um, 1-8 matchup. In the East mm-hmm. would be Milwaukee, and I believe Orlando. Yeah, I think it is them. Double checking the standings here very, very quickly. Or well, was Orlando seven? Well, so I always forget 
you know, between Orlando and Brooklyn, where they at. And it is, in fact, Orlando. Um, Bucks in four. Yeah, I was going to say, if they could win in three, they probably would. (laughs) (laughs) I smell a sweep. Yeah, Giannis probably only going to have to play, you know, a half a game at this point. I mean, he'll play, like, the first two games, you know, to kind of get that in order, but – Especially with no, you know, y'all playing on basically a neutral court, no chance. Sweep. Um, sweep them. 2-7 in the West, Clippers-Dallas. I would love for this to be a long series, but I don't see it. Five it, games. It, five at max. Luka could maybe get you one. But you're also asking him to do that against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And regardless of the trash that I talk about Paul George and him coming up not clutch, um, he is a lockdown defender. Let's Let's not get that twisted. Four one Clippers. Boom. Out of there. So we can make real quick work of that series. Same thing for the two seven in the East, Toronto and Brooklyn. Four one. If this was next year's Brooklyn team, we might be talking about an entirely different series, but yeah. we are talking about Curtis, Levert, and whatever G League players they've scrapped. Swap it. Up. Yeah. Sweep. Sweep. Um change my mind from five to four. We get into some very interesting matchups with the other two series in each conference. Mm-hmm. Denver Utah is the three six matchup out west, and as much as I like the matchup for Denver, mm-hmm. I also feel like this is a series that they could mess around and lose. Charles Barkley said it best: "Michael Porter Jr. This is his coming out party. If Michael Porter Jr. has a stellar series, Denver's going to win that series because." Uh, Jokic is gonna be fine. Yeah. Uh, Mike is the guy. You know what I'm saying? He's been the guy. He's upped his game since being in the bubble. However, on Utah's end, still got the Defensive Player of the Year. You got Donovan Mitchell, and I'm with that series. I'm looking for. What Jordan Clarkson does, I want to see what Mike Conley does. And you know, Mike Conley has actually played well, exactly since the bubble started. And he has to stay healthy. This is true. And is true. what Joe Ingles does on the court is also another thing. Did I mention Clarkson? Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, Clarkson. We got him. So, <laughs> like, what happened with him? Like, all of a sudden he had dreads, and then next thing you know, all of his hair is gone. Man, I don't know what these dudes doing <laughs> with, they, with the hair in the bubble. So, like, I'm, a, I'm from what I'm hearing. They got, you know, barbers that they got from across the nation. Yeah. Brought them down to the bubble. Personal cuts. Apparently the priority were finding barbers who could also braid because of how many dudes in the league have, you know, longer hair or braiding the hair that they grew throughout the time that they were quarantining. Um, I don't know what's going on with a lot of these dudes. And (laughs) we just saw Dennis Schroeder make his – you know, return and to, he's, the, to the Thunder. He's looking like Simon Fingers again. And I was expecting to still see the blind patch in the, you know, the kid and play cut. And now he's he looking just, like Tony Snell. Yeah, my man just out here <laughs> rocking the, the Tony Snell without the braids. Like, what's really going he's looking on? looking like Tony Snell. I'm talking about the new Tony Yeah, Snell. that's what I'm saying. Like, the, not the braids to the black, you know, Kawhi cookout, you know, cornrows. Like We're talking Snell, about, like, dog. just the, the low cut. I was not prepared. Nope. I wasn't either. Um, but so I've always felt like Utah is not going to be able to score enough. But I think in this series, they will. I think they pull it out and get the six three upset over Denver in six games. I got them as if you, you 
if I had to pick a winner, I still say Denver. I I I go Denver in six because not only do I do I have questions about whether Utah can score enough, especially without Bogdanovich. Um, we know what Jokic is going to give us, and as quiet as it's kept, he is able to typically still put up his numbers even when he's going against Gobert. Yeah. Um, Donovan Mitchell's going to do Donovan Mitchell things, but they don't have another guy to go to after that, whereas now we see for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray's healthy. Yeah. You're probably going to get Gary Harris back at some point. Yep. You're probably going to get Will Barton back at some point. You're going to need him off the bench. You have Michael Porter Jr. ready to step up. You know, they've got a lot of good rotation guys and competent basketball players. You got Jeremy Grant. You got Paul Millsap. Um, you know, Torrey Craig, a nice, you know, defensive wing. I forgot Millsap is over there. Bowl, so, bowl. You hey, know what? I might want to switch my pick. See, I'm telling you, Denver, I don't. Say six as, games for the Denver Nuggets. As much as I don't necessarily like the matchup for them, I think it's their series to, to lose. They're, like, yeah. they're going to win it in six. Yeah, Denver's going to get it. Happens. Denver's going to get the Clippers. That'll be so interesting. I'll change, I'll change my pick. That'll be interesting. Denver in six games over Utah. All right, the four or five though, that's a hard one. Hey, so I, I will say this: it changes now. It does change now because Russell Westbrook is out, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. He has a quad injury. Um, they said that he is going to miss a few games, which we don't know what that means. That could be the first two games of the series. That could be the entire series. This is one of them series where I wish it was on in an NBA arena. Oh, my God. <laughs> because then you could really hear the crowd atmosphere beyond it. Do you do you understand what this would be if game one in Oklahoma City, you get James Harden and Russell Westbrook against the Thunder? Yep. That's like that's That's the only disappointment about this series is that this is not happening under normal circumstances. It ain't under it ain't on the NBA floor. It's not under an NBA arena. And you got Chris Paul going. The he his, his, ah, come, it's everything we asked for. Everything we asked for. If And then let's say if Russ was healthy. If Russ was healthy, I would pick the Rockets in seven. Ooh. And the only reason I say seven and not like six or five or something like that, one, OKC is scrappy. Two, they play smart because they have a guy like Chris Paul controlling things. Mm-hmm. And they're a team that is always in the game. Like, you're very rarely going to see OKC getting blown out. And Houston is the type of team where they'll have a couple games here and there that they just give away at at the last second because of, you know, trying to do too much or maybe not making the threes that they thought they could make that type of thing. I say Rockets in seven because I think that Westbrook is going to play in the latter part of the series. Like, if they happen to go down 0-2, like Houston is what I mean. Then I would say that's that could be some trouble. If Houston goes down 0-2, the series might be over. Exactly. The series might be over because you you give a team like you give a team like OKC that type of confidence, especially with how young some of their key guys are. Um, and if you think about it from this perspective, we talked about Houston going small. OKC could essentially do the same thing. It's just they don't they have a bigger version of PJ Tucker at the five, which is Stephen Adams. <laughs> they, they got a real center that can 
do everything they need him to do against smaller players. Except PJ can go to the outside, go to that corner. Well, and, and that's fine because if I'm Billy Donovan, if PJ Tucker is going to be the one that beat us, by all means, let him do it. Because that means I don't have to worry about James Harden having the ball. I don't have to worry about Russell Westbrook having the ball. If y'all going to rely on P.J. to be the difference maker, by all means, let him have it. I won't say he'll be the the difference maker, but he's going to be an impact player. Oh, yeah. and what I mean by that is if James is hitting, if Russ come back and he hitting, and then P.J. hitting, you in for a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> now, a huge problem. Now, you got that OKC lineup of, you know, Paul, SGA, Schroeder and whoever they decide to put at the four with Adams, uh, which in most cases is Ben Gallinari. Um, Man, he surprised so, me too. Well, because he looked different. I think that's what is that surprised me with him. His look he, is different. He does have a slightly different look, and I mean, we we hopefully I, I'll knock on a little bit of wood for him. Hopefully, he don't worry about getting injured again, because uh, that's usually what happens after he puts <laughs> together a few games uh, of playing well. So. Um, OKC Houston is the series I'm looking forward to the most. That, I think out of all the playoff series, though, that was Andres Nocioni. That was him. The, yeah. the, uh, he got got so hurt so much he had to basically take his ball and go home, go back to Spain. <laughs> but he would have so many great games. He have some great games, not so many, but he have great games and a mess around and get hurt. Yeah, and then that was it. But like you said, he take his ball and he go home. Yeah, man. So back to Spain, you go, boy. I I think Houston wins that series, but I would not be surprised if OKC won it. Uh, Because it's a toss-up, honestly. It really is, man. Like, especially if Westbrook is missing more than like one or two games. If he misses significant time, that series becomes way more interesting because now Russ, in a sense, was doing a lot of the like rebounding, getting to the rim, stuff that you would kind of expect your big to do. He's cutting the slack for James Harden, too. And now you put that that weight back on James Harden's shoulders, it might not go so well. Just saying. And then you ain't got to worry about the speed of Russell Westbrook because he goes lightning fast in 94 yeah, feet. I was going to say, his motor is always running. So, I mean, it's tough. I, I think Houston still wins again, especially if he's if Russell Westbrook is going to play. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, that that becomes a real tough task to ask of James Harden basically by himself. So who you saying? And you said I got Houston in seven. Houston in seven. Yeah, same. I take Houston in seven. So that I think that does it for the Western Conference yep, I think playoff we got all series. Um, again, this is the Price Check Podcast, hosted by your boy Josh Price. Here with my man, Arlington, the A-Train Lane, on the In The Zone Network. Moving over to the East. Yes. Philly, Boston. My God. Another series that I would. Is that the 3-6? That is the 3-6 matchup. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is a series that I would be way more excited about had we still had Ben Simmons available. True. Ben Simmons is going to be out the remainder of the playoffs, as far as we know, dislocated kneecap, I think, is what the – the diagnosis was, um, or patella tendon, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll check it. Yeah, we'll check it. Something in, in that knee is not right. And so um, he is, you know, going to miss the series. Embiid is also hurt, which I don't think he's going to miss any time, but definitely coming off of an injury himself as well. I think Boston just going to be too much. Like, they're, they are still at a size disadvantage, 
but they are clearly the more talented team right now. So yeah, it is his knee, his left knee. Yeah. So, ooh, that's that's tough, man. And I would have said Philly and seven if Ben was playing. I think, and I still think this is gonna go. It's gonna go six or seven. Boston is gonna pull off. I that's think six three though. Cause Joe, Joe, like is two different guys. Well, and that was gonna be my thing, man. I don't know what Joe LMB we gonna get. We could get the Joe LMB that might give you like thirty eight points and sixteen rebounds, but we could also get the Joe LMB that's gonna be doing, you know, pump fakes and step back threes instead of getting in the paint and dominating. Right. So, I also. I have to ask if Philly is going to be able to score enough with Boston too, because they now you don't have Ben Simmons to put on Jason Tatum. Um, and I'm sorry, yes, Al Horford is a great defensive player, but he's not guarding Tatum or Brown or Hayward, like because they slashing. They slashing. They're getting around Al Horford every day of the week. Um, again, they do have a size advantage, so I'm I'm interested to see how you know having like Horford and B is going to work as far as the Celtics' defense goes, because all they have is Tyson Cantor, and I'm not really enthused by either I sold those, on them. Yeah, you know, enthused by either of those options as defensive, like, stoppers. Tyson more so because of some of the versatility that he has, but he's not, like, a rim protector by any means. So, I think it's Boston. Um, I, I say Boston is six. I can agree with that. I really, again, I really wish Ben Simmons was healthy because I think that would be a, a totally different series. It changes series. the course of the yeah, series, man. It would be a totally different series. Now, what I am curious to see is how Philly as a an organization reacts if and when they do lose this series. And what I mean by that is do you look at it and say, okay, hey, one of our two best players was hurt. We didn't really, you know, come in at full strength. Let's give Brett Brown another chance. Or do you say, look, we didn't try this, tried it, didn't work. Brett, peace out. If I am the Sixers, I would give one more year to Brett Brown. And knowing them, they probably will do it anyway. Right. Because they believe in Brett Brown. And so they – they're going to because they were like, well, we were in a bubble. We didn't have Ben, so we never would have known what was going to be at full strength. Well, so here's the thing. To me, I don't think that is a valid excuse. Only because I th- I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons just got hurt like these last couple games, and they still didn't look great when he was on the court. Like they still look like the same team that was struggling earlier in this season. And and Joel Embiid, you know who he reminds me of? Rasheed Wallace. Hmm. Because you don't know which – you didn't know which she you were going to get. get. Yeah. Joel's playing that – that brain, that mindset is almost exactly the same. That's an interesting comparison. I never thought of because it. Because Rasheed could do it all. Do it all. But – his when his head wasn't right, you know. Joel too busy thinking about them endorsements. My man showed up in a hazmat suit. <laughs> he showed up to the bubble in the hazmat suit. Let's not forget when Kawhi hit that game winning shot in your eyes. You sitting there bawling and crying and whatnot. 
you know, because your your yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good look on you, man. And so now, if you you want to prove that, prove people wrong, then you need to play like the Joel that everybody knows and sees. Yeah. If you not your heart ain't in it, why should we have our heart in you? So, and I, I think we've talked about this uh, a couple times too, man. I have uh, been on record saying. If you're going to make a change, you make the coaching change before you decide to split up the two players. Mm -hmm. Now, they're still going to have to answer that question at some point, especially if another coach comes in and it doesn't turn around, right? Right. I was a believer at first that the player that you keep is MB, not Simmons, because of, you know, the shooting thing – Embiid, when he is got his head on right, is a great center. Totally agree. I've changed that opinion. And the reason I've changed that opinion is because I would love to see what Ben Simmons could do in a situation where he does not have a big, like Joel Embiid, clog in the paint, where he can basically do the equivalent of what Giannis gets to do sometimes on offense where y'all put the ball in my hands. It's four guys around me that can shoot, cut, and all that, and we're just going to figure it out from there. So you want them in a, you want Ben in a system where it's like that? Yeah, because I think what like if we're comparing the two, right, obviously Giannis is the much better player, like all around. But if you look at the things that Ben Simmons is good at, when you open – the floor up and you get space and things like that. One, he's a 6'10 point guard. It's not too many guards that you're going to be able to put on him that have the size and girth to be able to be physical enough to guard him. Mm -hmm. You also don't have too many bigs that are quick enough to guard him. True. So it puts the defense in a bind just there, right? Right. And, And so if you put him in a situation like, for instance, if you swap him out for Giannis right now, he gets to play with a Brooke Lopez who can stand over here in the corner and, and knock down some threes, a Chris Middleton who can not only, you know, shoot threes but maybe create a shot off the dribble here and there. You got, you know, guys like uh, uh, George Hill who's leading the league in three-point shooting. Or, Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver, Ilya. So, like, guys like that who can just space the floor, Ben Simmons would be a nightmare to deal with because not only does he now have room to drive, he's also not in the way when he does not have the ball. Mm-hmm. And just having that freedom to operate, I would love to see what he's able to do in a wide open offense like that. Like it, the weird combination that I'm thinking of right now, like and, and again, it doesn't matter what team he would go to, but like envisioning him in almost like a Mike D'Antoni style offense, hmm. and, and kind of how things operate around Steve Nash when Mike D'Antoni had him in Phoenix. Or even now, what he does with James Harden, obviously Ben isn't the shooter that James Harden is, so he's not going to have that dangerous of an offensive game in terms of his ability to score. But just simply being able to open up the floor and let things move around him, I think that would unlock Ben Simmons in a way that Philly just can't do that having him in Embiid. Mm. I'd agree with that, man. That's actually pretty interesting that you how you came up with that. So uh, that's just my, just my thought. Now, again – I don't think they need to to split them up at all. I think they need to figure out 
the the person to bring in that gets the most out of them together. But if you're going to make that decision to break them up at some point, I think one health is obviously a factor for both, but I think it's less of a factor for Ben. Um, and I, I just think you can do more in building a team around Ben than you can around MB. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting take because yeah. not a lot of people would would agree with that because they believe you could work around Embiid and and work around him. But that was a great take on. Well, on and, and you, if you look at Embiid's game, though, like I said, I just don't think he's consistent enough in being dominant. Like he's he is by far when he again is playing with his head on straight and that type of thing. By far, one probably the most dominant big we have in the NBA. And it's like, what will it take for you to stay in that consistency? Because it's like, dude, you have all of the intangibles. You everything. can do everything. Rebound, block shots, score at will, shoot from the outside. It's dangerous. The only thing you can't do is you're not that big of a passer. You know what I'm saying? But and, as and a he's big, gotten better as a passer. But as a big, that's the intangible. The, of, of today's cultured NBA, that's what you're looking for. And because the three-point shot is always in play. Yeah. You know, it ain't like what it used to be in the 80s and 90s where it wasn't uh, a big factor. Right. Where you're getting 153s. Now, shoot, you're launching 300, 400 times, and you were big. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I've seen way too many times where Joel Embiid does a little, you know, hezzy and pull up for the for the lazy jump shot. Giannis too. Giannis crazy yeah. self too. Yeah, we uh we talked. My boy Jewel talked about that. He was like, you know, Giannis is taking them step back threes or doing something like that. Like, be, you know, be my guest. Um, but the difference I would say between Giannis and Embiid would be that Giannis when he when he senses that he needs to put his foot on the gas or needs to put his foot on somebody's neck, that's what happens. Whereas I feel like Joel Embiid only does that as a mind trick to certain guys. But mm-hmm. Just my opinion. So, yeah. Boston is six for me. <laughs> Long story Boston short. Boston is going to advance. Boston's going to advance. And then so we have the 4-5 matchup, the final playoff matchup. It's probably one of the, the better ones in the East, man. Um, Miami, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Very interesting series. Um, another one where injury is playing a little bit of a factor. Indiana doesn't have Sabonis, which would have made this a much more interesting series than it's already going to be. Um, Indiana, another team kind of like Utah, I just don't think they can score enough. As be- as great as T.J. Warren has been in the bubble, and shout out to him for you know how he's played so far. I bet you Phoenix wish they didn't give up on him so quick. So, my boy Chuck, shout out my boy Chuck Shagog, man. Phoenix is his, is his team. And there's two things that I give him a, a, well, there's really one thing that I give him a lot of shit for is taking DeAndre Aiden over Luka when they had hired Luka's coach from overseas to <laughs> coach for Phoenix. And so, that didn't I work want, out too well. It did not. But DeAndre Aiden has shown that he is a very capable basketball player, so that doesn't look quite as bad in hindsight as it did, like let's say, six months ago, right? Uh, or, yeah, six so, months ago is a good way to put it. I wanted to give him shit for the TJ Warren thing, but part of me, a large part of me feels like TJ Warren is doing this 
because he feels like Phoenix kind of gave up on him and didn't get enough for him because uh, apparently they only gave up they only they gave him up for cash considerations. So now he's done built his cash up for just eight games. Yeah, and, and so you know, a lot of people will overlook him. And I was like, don't be surprised if Bro get himself a nice deal. I ain't saying the max one. No, but he get a nice deal. Yeah, he's getting paid. He's getting paid. So um, I wanted to give him some shit for that, but I think that he's really balling because of that trade. Um, Indiana found a gym, but I just I don't think he can be the guy that leads you in scoring and gets you out of the first round. I just don't see it. Miami in six. I, part of me wants to say Miami in five. Say Miami. You say um, Miami in five. Say six. Because I think that Oladipo and them is going to give him at least a couple. Just to uh, – because you remember, they, they playing on a neutral site. They yeah. playing in an arena. This is true. No so, home court. You don't um, get if, that advantage as you expect. So if this was if this was like truly truly healthy Oladipo, I would probably say like a six or seven game series. Um, but I think with the wings that Miami has, the shooting that Miami has, and the fact that they have Bam, I just like what are you going to do? You can't rely on Miles Turner because Bam has that on lock. T.J. Warren is probably going to have Jimmy Butler in his jersey the entire series. Not to mention that you have Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson to also throw at him and Victor Oladipo. While true, them cats can mess around and lose a game. They can't. They can't. So, that's why, in my eyes, I'm looking at it at six. Yeah. Just to stretch Miami out just a little bit more. I, I say five. I wouldn't be surprised at a six-game series. I think Miami can get them out of there in five, though. Yeah. Again, if they had a really true, like truly healthy Oladipo, and if they had Sabonis, entirely different series, no question. But I, I think with you know Miami having the depth and, and the talent that they have, I I think that's just just too much. So we're looking at from the East side, looking at two potential sweeps. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I I will go as far as saying those aren't potential sweeps. Like we can lock that in now. The series, the playoffs don't start till Monday. I'm telling y'all on the Friday before the playoffs start. <laughs> One and two seeds of the East. One and two seeds in the East. Sweet. Count it. I'll even go. Put well, the no, brooms out. I won't say Dallas is going to get swept. I'll, I'll give them a chance at having a game because they have. Luca's going to get a game. Luca get them game. Luca and Porzingis, especially against the size difference that that you know the Clippers have. The and, game they have to get is Game Three, if if they down two zero. Yeah. But if they get one, if they can steal one of those first two, we got we got some on our hands. We got we then that go for anybody. Yeah, so. anybody. Um, so we would be we would be looking at the two sweeps in the East, two pretty good series in the East. Not great with Boston and Philly and Miami and Indiana, but they could be really good series. I think we have the potential for great series in Denver and Utah and Houston OKC. Them Western Conference matchups is going to be something. Hey, don't push it, you know, but the Lakers and Blazers could be something, yeah, too. Yeah, it, it could definitely be something. And, again, I'm not trying to dismiss the Blazers by any means because, again, what Dame is doing is fantastic out of this world. But you're asking a whole lot of him and the Blazers to have played these eight games, potentially played two more, at least one more, then have to see the Lakers for a seven-game series and just clearly win, that you're asking a lot. So, before we wrap up, yep. if, I got I to gotta ask you this. Yeah. If Kobe was alive, yes. 
What do you think his thoughts would be about this bubble? I think I think Kobe would like the fact that all of the outside noise, all of the um like different like advantages and stuff have all been taken away. I think he would like the fact that every game is on a neutral court and you're basically just you have to just strap up your shoes and play. I think he would have been slightly pissed that it didn't happen at his academy either. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> he probably would have. But I also think I think he would have liked the fact that, you know, it, it's played out the way it has where, you know, again, you just have basketball in its purest form. Like we just going in the gym, team versus team, ain't no home court advantage, ain't no traveling, none of that. We just got to go out here and play ball. Our best versus y'all best. I think he would really like that. Um, what I don't know that he would have been a fan of is the play-in situation. I don't know how how he would have had a. I don't know. I don't have a read on how he would have felt about that. Because, in a sense, and again, I had the same feeling at first. I like the play-in idea if you say, okay, however many teams get within a certain distance of eighth or, you know, are tied at the end, all those teams go into a play. And so, like, if we'd have got the opportunity to see, you know, Portland, Memphis, and Phoenix, or and even, I guess, if you want to throw San Antonio in there to give them a shot. And I, before we go, we definitely can't. We got to pour out some for the for the Spurs playoff streak. 22 years, man. Oh, man, Pop. Hey, Pop. A legend as an NBA coach. Hey, a know. legend in, in my mind just for basically debowing the job to himself. <laughs> <laughs> my man say, "Oh, so y'all putting me in charge of finding the next coach?" I found him. I looked in the mirror at him this morning. I'm here. Boom, hire me. Let's <laughs> go ahead and sign. Said, Change I'm my hired. title. I'm hired. I hired myself. Had I think in his entire. In his entire coaching career, uh, entire NBA coaching career, this is only the second losing season he's had. The f- now I think it's got to be the first full yeah. losing season he's had as a coach. Hey, that's, that's a ridiculous. That's run, ridiculous, man. man. Now, I don't know what the Spurs do from here though, because you have. You were playing in this bubble without LaMarcus Aldridge. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, missing a key player there. But their team is pretty much going to be the same for the foreseeable future. Like, they're kind of locked into the money that they're paying Aldridge, locked into the money that they're paying DeRozan. It's not like they were a big free agent destination anyway. Mm-hmm. It might be – they might have a few years before they get back into the playoffs. Yes. Better question for you. Okay. Since we were talking about the, the Kings and the losing that they've been doing for the better part of like 15, 20 years almost. Who gets back into the playoffs first, Spurs or Kings? Spurs. I'm not as, – as much trash as I talked about the Kings at the beginning of this, I don't know that I can definitively say it's the Spurs because I don't know what the route is for them. Like how do they make their team better? You don't think people want to play for San Antonio? People wanted to play for San Antonio when that allure was still there. Like, 
we also have to be very honest with ourselves about the Spurs. One, never won back-to-back titles. Two, they haven't really had a real, real shot at the title since, what, like five years ago? Mm-hmm. Four or five years ago? Whatever that year was that Kawhi got. Well, I guess that was more like three years ago when Kawhi got hurt. But when Kawhi left in the way that he left, I think that put a little bit of a damper on that whole Spurs allure and luster and all that. Um, mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. Like they would have to draft like the next like superstar. And I don't see that happening for them because I don't see a whole lot of superstars coming into the league, especially not in this draft. Yeah. So I, unless they can keep this thing going where they just get a bunch of what what I used to refer to as a 70 overall basketball players and just keep rolling them out there, they don't like they don't have Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili no more. Like you, you just don't have that core to build around. Ain't Tim an assistant though? Tim is an assistant, but he's not playing. That's true. I Tim Duncan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I don't think he can have the same impact as a coach that he had as a player. I, I don't feel like that's a stretch to say that. <laughs> I don't feel like that's a stretch. But I, I don't know. I, I would. I guess my money would technically be on the Spurs, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings beat him back there. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't either. But, ladies and gentlemen. This has been yet another episode of the Price Check Podcast. Thank you to my man Arlington A-Train Lane for joining me today as well as handling all of my production needs. Thank you, sir. To those those listening, we will be back. Of course, we're going to be in the full swing of the playoffs. By the time you listen to this, you will know who all 16 playoff teams are for some some of y'all by the time y'all listen to this. Um... And we're going to get right back as the playoffs crank up. We're going to crank this thing out ourselves, and we're going to keep rolling, man. I'm hoping for all all fun, a fun playoff. I'm yeah. really hoping for that. If I, judging by what we've seen in the bubble so far, I think we have a very, very entertaining NBA playoffs ahead. So. Me too. On that note, this has been the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Checking out. I'm Alexander for the Endozone Network. I want to tell you about our newest black-owned sponsor, Sugar Pop Creation, located in the city of St. Louis. They're offering things like sweets, custom games, and parties. Sweets like chocolate-covered strawberries, pineapples, infused cakes, custom games like dominoes, checkers, chess, parties like girls' night out, and ten parties at Sugar Pop Creations. You can find her at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all under Sugar Pop Creations LLC. Sugar Pop Creations, I make everything pop. Here comes the brand new flavor in your Time for new flavor in your This is In The Zone. KTVI News Reporter, Blair Day. I love Oprah. She, um, she was an interviewer who could get people to really open up. It didn't matter who 
came on her show when her show was still going. I didn't matter who came there. She was able to uh, make them feel comfortable, make them open up, get the tears going. And it was just always so intriguing to watch her be able to do that. So uh, she was definitely somebody who was um, influential for me growing up. On the In the Zone Network.